This is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast. I'm continuing on with this series that I've been doing, talking about the truth. And this week, what I want to talk about is that scripture in John chapter 8, verse 32, that says, the truth will make you free. Now, I'm going to flick over into that scripture because uh, it's important to read it and read the other bits and pieces around it. In John chapter 8, verse 32, well, I'll read into it. I'll read from verse 30. As he spoke thus, many believed in him. Jesus then said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Now, this is a well-known scripture in Christian circles. It talks about freedom, freedom in the truth. The truth will make you free, and it does. And if you think about it, what's the effect of a lie? Well, a lie binds people up because if they tell a lie and they don't tell the truth, then they have to spin more lies and you end up with a web of lies and they can't maintain it. And eventually they slip up and the whole web of lies like a house of cards just falls apart. But the truth will make you free. A lie will bind you up. The truth will make you free. So that's the first thing. The truth will make you free. But it goes much deeper than that. Because if we continue on reading, we see this, and I'm going on into verse 33 now of John chapter 8, and says, They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been in bondage to anyone. How is it that you say you will be made free? So here's a good question. The Jews have said, well, we're not in bondage to anyone. How can we be made free if, we, if we, we're not in bondage? Aren't we already free? And you think about this yourself and all of the Christians that you know, and you think about what these next few verses have to say, and just ask yourself these same questions. Going on in verse 34, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not continue in the house forever. The son continues forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Now, what Jesus is saying here is that if you commit sin, you are in bondage. You are not free. Now, you ask yourself, do you call yourself a sinner? If you say, I'm a sinner, and there is this classic line that I hear Christians say that says, I am a sinner saved by grace, but in that statement, they are still saying that they are sinners. Now, if you say you're a sinner, then you are saying you're in bondage, and if you're in bondage, you are not free. That's what Jesus said. It's not my words. That's what Jesus said. I'll just read those words again. Jesus said in verse 34 of John chapter 8, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. Now, the important thing is the slave, in verse 35, does not continue in the house forever. The son continues forever. So if you're in bondage, then you're a slave. And if you're a slave, you're not going to continue forever. This is eternal life we're talking about. In the house of God. But the Son, who is Jesus, the Son continues forever. Now, we can become sons of God through the death and resurrection of Jesus, which we enter into by baptism. Baptism is how we become the sons of God, because when we are baptized, we are baptized into the death of Jesus Christ, we die to sin, we die to this world, and we are resurrected with him as we lift it up out of the water as new creations, sons of God, born again, born from above. And he says in verse 36, so if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. 
He goes on, verse 37. I know that you are descendants of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. Now, this is the way of the world. The world, there is no place in their lives for the word of God. They don't want to know anything about it. In fact, they want to reject it, and they want to reject everyone who does accept it. Verse 38, I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. And they answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do what Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. Now, he's talking about spiritual things because these men, they were children of Abraham in the flesh, but they were not children of Abraham in the spirit. Abraham became the father of many nations, and that that uh, parentage that he achieved was through faith because it says Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And everyone who likewise believes God, believes what he did through Jesus Christ, how he did away with sin, how he set us free, receives that same free gift of righteousness that was given to Abraham. Abraham was reckoned righteous because he believed God. We are reckoned righteous because we believe God in the same way. Now, there are different things that we had to believe, but the fundamental basis of that belief is we believe God was able to do the impossible. Now, in Abraham's case, he was told that he would have a son through his wife, Sarah, who was barren, who was well past the age of uh, bearing children. She was around about 90-odd years of age. Um, She had some physical ailment, physical condition that prevented her from having children. And yet, when God told Abraham, you shall have a son by Sarah, he believed God. He believed God could do the impossible. That's what he believed. And because he believed God could do the impossible, then God said, I will reckon you righteous. I'll forget about all your sins. I'll put all those to the side. Then I will do away with those. And you are righteous because God said so. And that's what he did for Abraham. Now, he's done the same thing for us. He's given us also an impossible thing, impossible in the eyes of man, an impossible thing to believe. He told us that we had to believe that he raised Christ from the dead. Now, for a man, that's impossible because when you die, you're dead, you're gone, you're finished, the end, as far as man is concerned. There is no coming back from the dead. I mean, sure, there are people who have uh, decided to get cryogenically frozen or they've had their head cut off to uh, cryogenically freeze that in the hope that at some time in the future, man's technology will be so advanced that he'll be able to bring him back to life. But it's a lie because we've been given one life to live and that's it. At the end of that life, there is no more. But God wants us to believe the impossible. God wants us to believe that he is able to bring someone back from the dead and that he did bring Christ back from the dead. That's what we have to believe. We have to believe the impossible. And when we believe that he resurrected Jesus Christ, then he too says, I declare you righteous. I will forgive you and pass away all of those past sins. And that's one of the reasons why Jesus came. If you have a look at John uh, chapter 1, verse 29, it says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that's exactly what he did. Now, when we believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, we too are reckoned righteous. 
Now, as we continue on, there's another scripture that's worth looking at in relation to this freedom. And I'm having a look in Acts chapter 13, and I'm going to read from verse 38. And this is important, this one, because it talks about freedom from sin, but also it gives us another insight as well. He says in verse 38 of Acts 13, Let it be known to you, therefore, brethren, that through this man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Now, this was um, through Jesus, of course. They're talking this through this man. Forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. But the next bit is quite fascinating. It says, and by him, everyone that believes is freed. And we said that uh, the truth will make you free. Everyone that believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Now, the law was given to the people for the purpose of restraining them, for the purpose of trying to reduce the amount of sin in the people. But what we see here is that the law could not free anyone. And there is there is a lot of scripture on this, um, over, especially in the book of Hebrews. I'm not going to go into that today. But we see here that the truth will make you free and the truth will free them from everything which you could not be made free by the law of Moses. Because the law of Moses couldn't free you from sin. Because the law of Moses defined sin for what it was. But it couldn't free you from sin. But Jesus came to set you free from the sin. And that's why he came. That's one of the, one of the reasons why he came was to set you free from sin. Because the truth will make you free. Now, there is one last scripture I want to have a look at. And it's over in the book of First Peter chapter 1. I'll read from verse 20. It says, He was destined before the foundation of the world but was made manifest at the end of the times for your sake. Through him you have confidence in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. And this is what I was talking about a moment ago. We have to believe this impossible thing that God could raise a man from the dead, which he did. And we believe that, and so we have our faith and our hope in God. The next verse, though, verse 22, is quite interesting. It says, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. This is the important thing. The truth will make you free, and by your obedience to the truth, you can purify your souls. Purified from what? Purified from sin. Because that's what we're trying to be purified from. We don't want to be sinners. If we're going to live with God... In his eternal kingdom, we can't be sinners. So the truth will help us to be purified in a way that we could not do uh, under the law. God has set that up through Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere love of the brethren, love one another earnestly from the heart. So the sum of it is this, that in Jesus Christ, we have the truth. Through Jesus Christ, we know that the truth will make us free. And through that, we are able to have our soul purified, our spirit purified. And we have to remember this, that the ministry of the new covenant, the ministry of the gospel, is not about the flesh. It's not about purifying your flesh. It's not about making you um, to be healthy all of the time, that you'll never get sick, as, as some people teach. That's a lie. That's not true because the truth of the gospel is that it's about having your soul, your spirit within you purified by obedience to the truth. And that's what's important. So that's it for this week. I'm going to continue on next week looking at the other aspect of it. 
What happens or what's the situation for those who fail to hear the truth or who reject the truth? So that's all I have for this week. This is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast, hoping you have a blessed week ahead, and I hope to catch up with you again next week. Oh,